great time worshiping tonight. I mean, that was, you know, for those of you, I'll tell you, those of you that do, you can sing songs or you can worship the Lord. Amen. And and for those of you that were worshiping the Lord, that that was an awesome time. And I, I would encourage you to come on out. You know, we have, we have prayer at 22 for about 15 minutes and come on out a bit early and, and get in the presence of God and get your heart right and get, get ready to meet the Lord. Don't, don't turn your walk with God into just some religious activity, okay? Um, I'm excited about the things that God's doing in our church. I tell you, the men, we had a good prayer time this morning and... Um, just a lot of good things are, are happening and, and uh, going forward in, in, in the campus. You know, tonight we're going to ask you to, at the end of the service, we're, we'll receive pledge cards from you, pledges from you. Um, and we'll do again next week. Just we want to make sure everybody gets involved, everybody participates. Um, uh, I was just told you can pledge online as well. And so far we've had about 10 uh, families have pledged online with about $44,000 has come in. And those are people that are getting ahead of the curve. Okay, they're jumping on board and, and getting right at it. And uh, that's really excellent. So we're going to talk about four things tonight. going to talk about your growing relationship with the Lord. How many have a growing relationship with the Lord? If you don't, you're in trouble. But you should have. You should have a growing relationship with the, with the Lord. We're going to take a look at a review of our past to see how did we get here. Because many of you, um, you don't know the story. You, so I'm going to give you kind of the Reader's Digest version tonight of how did we get from where we started to where we are. What are we um, looking for in, in the present? So in other words, what, what do we need? What's, you know, what's required of us now in order to move into a good future? And what's, what's the future going to look like? Those four things we're going to cover, okay? Because when you, you, know, when you walk with the Lord, you don't, you don't know every detail. I, I can't tell you everything, what the future is going to look like, but I can tell you that when you walk by faith, it's going to look good. Now, that I know. That I know. We've done it numerous times. We've repeated it over and over, and we know what it gets like. And uh, so we're going to talk about those things tonight, so I hope you're with me. I hope you got ears to hear. Right, I hope, I, hope you're, I hope you're on board and, and, and uh, with me and hear what we're going to say. Look at Isaiah chapter 54 and verses 2 and 3. Now, these two verses in Isaiah really talk about us preparing in the present for the future. Okay, so listen, listen to Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3. I've got the new King James. I think that's what they put up there. Yep says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen the cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. See that first verse talks about you and I. The second verse talks about our descendants. You know something I learned a long time ago, and it works, and I'd advise every single one of you to learn to live this way? Long-term planning, good long-term planning will give you a great future. Most of the times I see people make mistakes, they'll do some just dumb things that now, they want something now, they make a decision now that think long-term, think good long-term, and that's what this verse is talking about. It says, prepare today. Prepare, you prepare now because there's a future that I have for you, is what the Lord's saying. And if you prepare now, both your future and the future of your descendants, it's saying, is going to be a good future. Now, God's a God of generation. I'll I'll tell you right now, God will get behind any person, any couple, any family who thinks in terms of the next generation. You begin to think in those terms, I guarantee you, you will find the blessing of God come into your life because that is the reason that, that, that um, uh, God chose Abraham because he knew that he would raise the next generation properly because what God is doing involves generation after generation after generation. You become a generational thinker and you will get God's attention. Guaranteed. So you see this, this verse when you... 
when you um, look at it, I'm just going to read um, through uh, quickly again. This is what I was saying. It said, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Now, let me, let me have two applications. That would be for your life individually, but also for the church corporately. It would be for us collectively and for you individually. And you see, what God wants us to do would be people of enlargement. Come on, people who will say, yeah, I, I meet Christians sometimes, oh, that's hard. So what? God's stretching you. The Word of God says, stretch. Stretching is of God. Don't get the feeling that, that there's something wrong with stretching. If you never stretch, you're going to stay exactly how you are. So he's saying, he's saying to, to, to enlarge the place of your tent, enlarge your capacity, enlarge your vision, enlarge your faith, enlarge your dreams, enlarge your commitment, enlarge your life. Say, stretch it out. Make your life one that can count for God. Let it be greater tomorrow than it is today, is what he's saying. Stretch it out. Enlarge it. Enlarge the house of God. Get ready. There's things happening. You know what God's saying? I've got things in store for you. Get ready for it. I've got things in store for you. So get ready to enlarge. Get ready to stretch it. Make it bigger. Give yourself more capacity. Enlarge things. God is not, listen, God is not a God of stagnation. There's not a lot of words of stagnant in the Bible. So only a few of them. You look at them, they're not good. God's not a God of stagnation. God is a God of movement. God is a God of growth. God is a God of conquering and overcoming and, and victory. He is not a God of stagnation. When we make God stagnant, we stink is what happens. It turns into a smelly religion that's good for nothing. The Bible says when you hide it under a bushel, it's good for nothing. So he wants us to be people who will stretch and expand. Then he goes on to say, do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Don't spare. Don't hold back, he's saying. With your life, give everything to the Lord. Go for God with everything you got. Come on, Jesus came down from heaven and gave it all to us, and he said, give it all back. Go with everything you've got. Do not spare. Don't try to... Don't, get rid of the limitations. Get rid of the stuff. If you need help to overcome some hurts, get some help. If you need help to overcome some negative thinking, get some help. Do what you need to do to be a person who's enlarged and strengthening, and, and, and don't hold back. Yeah. Don't hold back, he's saying. See, don't, don't spare. Lengthen your cords. Lengthen, in other words, stretch it out. Make your capacity bigger. And, and, and the stakes, he says, Strengthen the stakes. You know, the, space, the, the, the stakes would be kind of symbolic of, your, of the foundation. The stake is the thing that holds it in place. Get, your, get your, your character in place. Come on, get your character strengthened. Get your, 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 your faith stronger. Get your commitment stronger. Get your heart set on God like never before. Have it go deep. Dig deep and, and get that stake in there so nothing is going to cause you to be tossed to and fro. Come on, we live in a day and age. The world is getting crazy. It is getting absolute insanity out there. I, I just read something the other day that our, the premier, our, the Ontario government, which is morally bankrupt, has passed a law or is in the process of passing a law that says if a parent stands in the way of their child identifying with a different gender, they will take your children from you. We live in a corrupt, perverted society run by a corrupt premier and a corrupt government. And it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get better. you got to be strong. Nobody's going to come along to you and say, oh, you poor dear, you poor little thing. Here, let, let us pamper you. That's not what the world does to us. You better be strong. You better know how to push back. You better know how to strong stand. You, you get your stakes driven in. Get your character strong, your conviction strong. Stand in the Lord and don't let things mess with you. Don't let a corrupt world push you around and tell you what you believe. I know what I believe, and I'm going to believe it regardless of what some politician or whoever says to me. you got to get your conviction. See, strengthen your life. You see what the, the Scripture is saying? Get ready. Expand yourself. Get, get ready. Now, the reason being to prepare for the future. Now, you see, you never get anywhere. You'll never get anywhere in life, like I said earlier, by taking it easy. Taking it easy is for losers. That's who takes it easy. People who don't want to win. Remember, Jesus said, 
The way is narrow that leads to life, but it's broad that leads to death. Losing is easy. Any loser can lose. Losing is easy. I can fall off. You're just losing. You can make a decision to lose just like that. Losing is simple. It's broad. It's wide. It's easy. You can find it with no problem. To be a winner requires setting your, your eye on the goal and moving toward the Lord and walking that direction and not letting anything push you off course. So, so you don't want to be one of these people who, well, you know, I'll show you people that are losing. I'll show you a group of people, if they go through life this way, they're losing, okay? Can I get that video up there? Oh, there's no good way to say that. <laughs> Those people are going nowhere. <laughs> you try going through life like that, you lose. Now, it's okay sometimes. The lazy river ride is okay sometimes to relax and catch your breath. And, and you have, God never expects us to grow rapidly, constantly. There's always times to rest. There's always a bit of a time for that lazy river ride. But when it becomes a lifestyle, you're done. When it becomes a lifestyle, you're finished. Yeah, I don't care if you come to Living Hope the rest of your life, you're toast. When it becomes a lifestyle. So to relax sometimes, that's okay, but don't let it become a lifestyle. Because he goes on to say in, in that second, that verse 3, you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. God's a God of generations. God's a God. Listen, listen. He loves you as much as he loves the child that you have or the child you're going to have. And be that natural or be that spiritual children, he loves them as much as he loves you. The verse that Mary read earlier there about, and it talked about, you know, drug addicts and, you know, different kinds of people that we would look at that, that many of us were, many of us come from that background, but you, you tend to have, after you get saved and sanctified a bit, it's easy to look down your nose. And you never want to do that. You always want to remember where you came from, who you once were. Never lose sight of it. And you know a good thing you can begin to do for people you care for? Begin to pray the grace of God over their life. Pray for your unsaved relatives. Pray for your unsaved friends and pray this way. Pray, God, pour your grace into their life. You know why you pray that way? Because many people, they think the word grace means unmerited favor, and it doesn't. What it means is divine enablement. By grace, you are saved by faith. God gives you the, the divine enablement by grace to give you the faith to put your trust in Jesus Christ and become a Christian. The grace of God is what gets the whole process going. Pray for God to pour out his grace on your unsaved friends, on your enemies. Pray the grace of God on them. Let God get a hold of them that will enable them to turn their hearts to the Lord. Because God's concerned about the future. He's very concerned about the future. So what I want to do is take a, take a look at our past in order to get to our future, okay? See where we've come from. Because I'll tell you, many people in this church have got that determined warfare, I'm not taking no nonsense mentality. That's, that's why many of you who have received the Lord, you're here. That's why you're here. Because there's people who went before you, they had a vision for the future generation. They saw people. They saw people. They knew this place was going to be inhabited by another generation, people that we didn't know. People was going to bring them from the north, south, east, and west and, and, and build, a, build a church that can make a difference in the city of Hamilton and beyond the city of Hamilton. Amen. See, God wants us to be a people that aren't in a survival mentality, but we're in a transformation mentality. Yeah. We're called to bring transformation, not to survive. Yeah. And so I'm not letting some government push me around. I'm fighting back. Yeah. I'm not, you, know, you don't take the nonsense. You know, I heard, uh, read something recently, Pierre Tr or, or Pierre Trudeau's dad. He was, he was worse than his son. Um, 
Justin Trudeau made a comment recently about, I think it was evangelical Christians, I think is who it was, he said were, the, were like the worst people in our society. You're, you're talking about living in a corrupt, immoral, perverted country. And if your light doesn't shine, nobody else's light's shining. So your light had better shine. You, you better stand strong. So I like all the good things about Canada. But if we're not careful, we're going to go right down the, down the drain like lots of other countries have done. So you've got to stand strong. Don't get pushed around by, by you know, as the Bible says, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and every cunning craftiness of men that comes your way. You want to be strong. You want to know what you believe, know who you are, and stand on it. Okay? So I can be respectful toward a politician as I completely 100% disagree with them. Okay? These things, you could, if, if I wasn't careful, I'll get off track, because these things drive me nuts. Because <laughs> we live in such a crazy, mixed-up, perverted society, just like the Bible said, at the end days, they'll call right wrong and wrong right. What's happening in our society today just convinces me more and more the Bible is true and accurate and knows exactly what it's talking about for today and for the future. Amen. So get that mindset. We're here to bring transformation, not, not to survive. We, want it, we need to be people of vision and faith and we're going to make a difference with our life because we're believing God, not just for our lives, but for the lives of those to come, okay, for the future generations, those to come. Now, I want you to understand that what we're trying to do in, in building and expanding, you know, it's not just about a building, it's not just about a, a, you know, a bigger church or anything like that, it's, it's about obeying God. It's about doing what God wants us to do, what he's, he's called us to do, and fulfilling the call of God. So when, one day you stand before the Lord, he says, well done. I appreciate you picking up my vision and, and, and my responsibility and, and what, what, I, what I asked you to do. Appreciate that. You know, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the joy of the Lord. Come, in, come into my house. Come in and live with me. See, that, that's, that's the goal you're, you're aiming for. And it's really about people. It's not about an organization. It's not about a structure. It's not about, it's not about a building. It's about people. It's all about people. It's always about people. will only ever be about people. Jesus didn't come and die for religion. He didn't come and die for buildings. He didn't come and die for luxury. He came and died for people. Is why he offered his life. You know, we, we just had, um, we, we've had a couple winter fests, for instance, down in our Cumberland building. And the first time we had it, 400 people came through from the neighborhood. First time we had it, 400. The second year we did it, 600 came through. Just a few weeks ago, we had the, the festival down in Gage Park. Over 1,000 visitors came through. It's all about people. It's all about touching people, letting your light shine, being an influence, getting out there and, and, and loving on people and caring for people and believing that God, you know, God will gather them in. He'll, he'll do it. If, we're, if we do our part, God will always do his part. We don't have to do his part as long as we do our part. Okay? We, um, we uh, over the years, we, we, we've seen many people here uh, who, who met the Lord got delivered from drugs, illegal drugs, prescription drugs, you name it. They got delivered from a, a bad lifestyle. We've seen people delivered out of crime. You know, things that were, their, their, their life was going nowhere. Their life was going, they were, they were done. They were toast. We've seen marriages healed and families come back together and kids come back to the Lord. See, that, that's, that's what we're investing in. You're, you're, you're not giving to a building. You're giving to people. You're giving to your future. You're giving to your kids' futures. You're giving to your future, your, your kids, your grandkids. That's who you're giving to. And, and by faith, you do it. Right now, you're not even married. You say, what about my kids? God's got a spouse for you. But you've got to believe. You've got to respond. You've got to, you see, you do your part and then believe for God to do his part. Too many Christians, they give God 10%, but they want 100% in return. God says we reap according to how we sow. You know, the faith that we have is what comes back to us. So as we begin to get a vision for people and, and, and making an impact in our city and and, 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 you know, trying to change the city we live in and trying to change the province we live in and, 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 and just doing something that will bring some, some sense and hope to people that are living in a, in a lost, hopeless world. You bring some hope to them. Now, 
with that in mind, those things in mind, let me just tell you a little bit about how we got here, because I know there's many of you aren't familiar with, with the story, and so we'll try to go through it quickly, because it, otherwise it wouldn't take too much time. But some of this you'll be interested in. Most of it I think you'll be interested in. Um, when um, when, when uh, my wife and I got sent in to pastor the church back in 1985, um, the church was $50,000 in debt with about 65 people, okay? So it wasn't, um, it wasn't the most optimistic situation, considering I'd never done anything like this before. I didn't know what I was doing. All I was doing was being obedient to the Lord and said, okay, let's do this. I'm on board. Let's see if we can do it. And that was the starting point. It, it, was, it was in a pretty rough situation. That's where we began. We bought this building. Now, not the one we're in now. The, the little building where the children are, right, back there in the children's area, that used to be the church. So the children's area now was the sanctuary. It's blocked off. There was a balcony. Children's class was along the side. We had three portable buildings, three out here where we held children's activities and different things out here. So that, that was our main church building. I, we bought that, I think, for around 385000 rings a bell, but I know I'm in the ballpark. Now, when we did that, that was a huge step. We were in this warehouse building downtown, and um, uh, it, it was in bad shape. On a rainy day, it was a three-story warehouse building. On a rainy day, the, the top number I ever counted is we had to put out 21 buckets through the building to catch the water. On every floor, including the basement. When it rained, it came through the whole building. That was my start. That was my glorious opportunity for ministry. <laughs> Some of you remember. Now, we ended up seeing this building for sale. We came and talked to them and said, you know, uh, we're, we're sorry, but we've been negotiating with people now for a couple of months, and uh, we've sold the building, actually. We're getting together. We're only $10,000 apart. And we're getting together this Thursday with them. And uh, we're expecting them to come 5,000 down. We'll, they told us all this. They'll come 5,000 down. We'll go 5,000 up. And the building sold. So uh, we walked away uh, kind of disappointed that it happened. Well, you know, a couple of weeks later, they contacted us. And they said, you know, the person never showed up. They never got back in touch with us. They disappeared. And they were only $10,000 apart. So they let us buy the building. Okay? Now, we, we, we bought it. We had a church of about, at that point, probably 60 to 70 people. Not wealthy people. That was the biggest stretching, challenging thing I've ever done in my life. And that many other people had to do. Because listen to what had to happen. In order to get financing from the bank, because, you know, the, the bank... You got to understand, I've been told by a mortgage broker, I've, I've been told this, you know, by a good source, mortgage broker friend of mine said, you know, when I started in the mortgage business, he said, we were told that there's two groups of people you never, ever deal with, you never give a mortgage to. That's a motorcycle club and a church. Okay, church, it's hard to get financing when you're a church. I mean, you've got no background, you've got no history, you've got nothing behind you except 50000 in debt and a, and a building that's leaking from top to bottom. The bank, the only way we could get the money is a number of families in this church had to use their houses as collateral in order to get the money. Now, what that means is had we defaulted on the payments, the, 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 the bank would have taken over their houses. And we had at least a half a dozen families. I, I didn't do the research to get back and get all the info who put their personal house on the line. Now, get, understand, I'm brand new at this. It's not that they got a lot of confidence in me. This was a step of faith they took to believe God, and they put their houses on the line, including my wife and I, we put our house on the line, that had we defaulted on the payment, the bank had the legal right to come and take over our houses. That's how we got into that little building. Step of faith, believing for the future, believing that there's something better than there is you know, down the road than there is today, right? Once you, like I said, once you begin living on that lazy river ride, you're done. Once that becomes a, a, a lifestyle for you. So we, 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 um, 
we bought, got into this building. Now, the good thing about this, after we got into this, paid 385 or 400, uh, we paid it off. Okay? I'm going to share it. The plan we've used on every building we've ever bought, the plan we've used, it's wonderful, it works easy, it's not a big strain on people, and we paid it off. Okay? Then, um, we, I, I think this is the order. I, I'm not completely sure. I think it is. Then we built this addition that you're sitting in now. So what we, we tried for about two years to look for another location to sell the building here at the corner, find another location. Couldn't find a thing for two years. So we decided, well, let's build here. And um, we built here. Now, I, I think it was around 1.8 million, one and a half million. I, I can't remember exactly. I know we ended up with a back then with a much smaller church with about a $1.2 million mortgage, and it was, it was a big step. It was a big challenge. But we, we, we built this. I, I can remember this one. We, um, um, we started building. We had money saved. I had, I had negotiated with the bank. We had talked everything. I thought everything was fine. Everything was in order. They always want you to use your money first, and then they give you the money that they promise. So we had poured the concrete slab, which is the floor, and not really much more, and it used up our money. And um, I remember coming down Lime Ridge. You know, that's drove from that way, and I'd come around the corner and, and see, see this going on. I remember one time I said, oh, God, I'm leaving. I was ready just to turn around and leave and never come back again because I thought, what have I got myself into? What am I doing here? It's a challenge. It, it stretches. It stretches. It challenges if you can do it under your own strength, it's probably not God. That's why God always gets you to do something greater because he wants you to trust him and it stretches you. <clears throat> so we used the money up. I called the bank and I said, okay, we need some money now. We've used our money up. He said, oh, we won't give you the money. You've got to spend this much more until we'll give you the money. Well, I won't tell you what I was thinking at the time. <laughs> but... My understanding, we had negotiated that when our money is used up, they'll give us the money. Then he said, no, 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 you, you, need, you need like another $200,000 before we give you any money. Well, all we've got is a concrete slab sitting here. And that's it. Our money's gone. A number of people in the church, what they did, they, they borrowed on the equity in their home and gave large sums to the building fund. The church made the interest payment. So they borrowed. We made the interest payment on the loan until we could pay them all back. And that's how we raised, honestly, in about two weeks, we raised $200,000, $250,000 by people doing that. And then we went to the bank and, like, we used up that money. We used up that money and then was able to go to the bank and get the money to build. Twice, so the first time people literally put their homes on the line, the second time they trusted that we'll have the money coming in to pay your payment. Because they would have borrowed $40,000 and then the interest on that, the church paid um, until we had the money to, to reimburse them and pay them back. So that loan was all paid off. And that's, that's some great faith people were showing. Some great faith they were showing. And that's how we got into this. This wouldn't be here had it not been for the sacrifice and faithfulness of people willing to stretch themselves. That's how we got the little building. That's how we got into here. And, and none of what's happened with people getting saved and lives being touched and people being helped, none of it would have happened had it not been for the faithfulness of those people doing that stuff. Okay. Now, after that, we, um, we bought the offices down on Main Street, the offices and the school. Uh, that became available, so we, I think that was about 630000 680000 we paid for that. And... Um, that was a little bit easier because now we've grown a little bit, and, and, and that one was almost like easy. Okay, so, so we bought that and moved our school and our offices down there. And then we, um, after that, we, we bought eight, we have, you may not know we have this, we have 18 acres of land over on Pritchard Avenue between Stone Church and Rymel. We bought that for 1.8 million. 18 acres for 1.8 million now. Everything that we've bought over the years is paid off. We, start, we just had to get everything appraised by the bank before we got all this mortgage stuff done. We had to go to the bank and have everything looked at. 
And all of the, the properties that we own now were appraised around the 10 million mark. We have about $10 million in equity to today and no debt. And no debt. And that took a lot of faith from people, commitment, but I'll show you a plan that we've used every time. We're going to use it again. It works every time. It's not a big burden to do it. And we'll, we'll get down there. And when I'm talking about the future, I'll show you what we're going to do down there. But you see, that, that's how we got to where we are. We started with about 65 people. We're now 850 to 900. We've been kind of stuck in that range for probably five years, 850, 900-ish, around there. And we're working on a lot of things behind the scenes, plus a building and everything we're doing. We're believing God we're going to break out of that, and we're going to go forward. That's why we're expanding. That's why we're stretching ourselves. We're believing God there's going to be more. Okay, more lives that can be touched, more people can be helped. So that's kind of how we got here. That's, that's um, a bit of the journey of what got us into this facility that we're in here and all the properties that we own. Now, we've, we've had the bankers say to us, I've never seen a church do this. They've said, we've never seen this happen. Uh, you don't, churches never do this. Most businesses don't do this. this we're amazed the way you've handled things. Now, when it comes time to get money from them, they're not as amazed, Okay. <laughs> But uh, they have been complimentary at times. You know what I found over the years? Again, you handle money properly. Money has a, has a grip on people. That's why the Bible says it's the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And when you get free from that, you get free from a ton of stuff. And when you conquer money and begin to handle money properly, you find the Lord opens the windows of heaven. You find the blessing of God starts to come into your church and into your lives and into your families and into your children's lives when you begin to do things God's way and and handle things properly with a a proper attitude. So this is how how we we got to where we are. Now, the, um, the Gage Park campus on Cumberland Avenue is where it is. We're about two blocks uh, west of Gage Park on Cumberland. Yeah, it was an old, um, it used to be a drug, um, what was it, a wholesaler, what do you call it, a drug pharmaceutical company, okay? Um, one of the things I like about the building, the windows in the, in the front, if you're looking at it, the front right corner, all around the windows, they're bulletproof. <laughs> and that's right where I'm putting my office. Because it was a pharmaceutical company. They, they had a big safe. They had a safe like the walls were concrete, this thick, and big steel door. Because that's where they stored all their drugs. And so they had to be careful of that. So, so that's what it used to be. And we're going to turn it into something for the Lord. Yeah. We're going to do something. Because we're believing for our kids and our kids' kids. And people that are down there. And future generations. Okay. Now... If we're about 850 to 900 people here, when we open up there, it's roughly the same size. The building is the same size, pretty much. The sanctuary is going to be the same size. One of the things we're doing a little bit differently, we're, we're, something about the size of the cafe over there, we're setting it aside just as a youth room. That'll be where, the, where we have our, our focus, our youth activities. Roughly the size of the cafe with a big door so that in the nice weather, a nice big door can open up and they can easily get in and out to use the parking lot for outside activities in the summertime. And we're really going to try to make it really good for the youth, okay, for the teenagers. So we, we purposely planned that to try to get something better for the young people in, in, in the church. Now, two blocks west, about this size, um, which would allow us to double in size. So if we're about 850 to 900 now, we can get to 17, 1800. So by having two services here and two services down there, we hit 17, 1800 people. Now, this is when it really gets excited. Uh, watch what can happen, because that, that's, that's kind of where we're, we're, we're starting to go. But I want you to see something just before we do that. To build down there the budget has gone up from you know, five, six years ago when we were hoping to build. Everything got delayed, and with delay means co- everything costs more, okay? 
So it's probably about a million and a half more than what we had originally planned on, maybe even a little bit more than that than what we originally planned on. So the budget we've set aside to build the building there is 4.7 million. Okay? Now, when you say it kind of fast, <laughs> and smile when you say it, it doesn't hurt quite as much. Okay? 4.7 million to, to build that building down there. Now, it is going to be nicer than this place. Be way nicer than this place. Okay? We, were, we saved money on this place, and trust me, I was very involved in the design of this place. Uh, we didn't have it even an architect. We got an engineer, and I drew up some plans, and I sat down with him, and we ended up with a building. We did this properly, okay, this, this next one. It's going to be a nice facility. Now, it'll cost, though, about $4.7 million. Now, Now, follow me. I might lose you with the numbers here, but try to follow me along. It's, it's really simple. From, I, I believe this was from, previous, from savings and previous pledges. We, going into this project, we had about a million and a half from previous building fund pledges that people made and have gave. They've already given that in the past. And money that we saved, and we'll talk about that as I, in just a minute, how we save money and how we... I'll show you how we paid everything off. Okay, we'll just do it again. So we have about a million and a half there. Our Main Street property, we're hoping to get $1.6 million out of it. Okay, now we have an offer on it right now that was 100000 over asking. So they've got about a week to close. If that goes through and they close, and we'd appreciate you praying for it. Pray that it will close. That, that will help us because that will give us about 100000 more than we were counting on. Okay, so pray that that closes. So from our Main Street property, right now we're counting on about $1.6 million. And in pledges... As a minimum, we're counting on 300,000, okay? Uh, that's an average of 2,000 per giving family unit, last name, okay? About 2,000. Right now, we're averaging, for the 10 who have given, we're averaging over 4,000, probably about 4,400, okay? So if we, can, um, if we can keep that up and hit 300,000 as a minimum, that would give us 3.4 million, which means there's a balance of 1.3 million. Now, we don't want a mortgage that big if we can help it. We want to get the mortgage a million max, preferably under a million, okay? Um, so here's what, here's what we think we can do. Here's, we, we have a very good chance this will take place. In the $4.7 million that's budgeted for the building, there's 300000 that we've put in that budget for overruns, for unexpected things. I'm believing God, and again, something else you can pray about, that we're going to have minimal overruns, and we can end up with 100 or 200,000 left over. Because that's extra money, not to build. That's for the unexpected things that happen. By the way, you need a budget at home, and you need to budget for the unexpected. Because your car is going to break down, your fridge is going to break down, your lawnmower is going to break down. Get ready for it. So you plan it. That's all we've done. We plan on the unexpected. We're going to believe God that there's not going to be a lot of unexpected. So hopefully we can get money from there. Okay? We um, also have met an engineer who's working with us, who he believes he's starting to deal with City Hall on our behalf. He believes he's got a, a, a good chance to save us between fifty and $100,000. So if you take the, 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 the overrun that we budgeted, you take potential there up to $100,000. That's, um, uh, let me get this, oh, and then the, the pledges, anything that goes over $300,000. 300 is what we, we budgeted. Anything that goes over, again, will also offset that higher mortgage. So I'm doing this. With those things in mind, I believe we're going to get down to a million maximum. A million maximum for a mortgage. I'm, I'm personally believing God for about 800000 Okay? But a million maximum is what we will hit for a mortgage. That's the goal. Okay? Now, watch how this will work. We got a good, a, a, a good rate from the, uh, from the bank. Uh, on our mortgage, I guess rates are good now, and maybe they treat us a bit better. Maybe the 30 years of handling money properly has paid off finally. <laughs> and um, a $1 million mortgage would be $6,000 a month, okay, which, uh, which we have. We have more than that uh, in, in our tithe over um, our income over expenses. We have more than that, so we're, we're fine with, with, with that kind of of um, a mortgage, so there's six thousand a month. Now, 
We're going to talk about the first five years after we move in. So let's assume that the building will be ready next spring. So we'll just use, let's, let's, so we have, I'm not saying this is the date, but let's, to have a date, let's say April 1st, okay? So we move in on April. Starting April 1st is when the mortgage kicks in, in five years, less than five years, we can have it paid off. And we do this every time. This is why we have $10 million in equity with no debt. Done this every time. Because you see, I've always been planning for the future. You understand, if I was living for now, there's all kinds of excess money we could have taken and spent it on this thing, that thing, and the other thing. But we have it. We, we're, we're planning on the future. We believe in generations. We believe in your kids. I want, I want the church to be flourishing when I'm six feet under. You see, I'm not living for me. I'm, I'm, I'm living for the future because God's got a generational mentality. So I'll show you what we've done. We've done it from day one. When we bought the little building over here, we did it. We've done it every time, and it works wonderfully. We'll take whatever income we have over expenses. Now, initially, the, the day we move in, the year we move in, we won't have this, this amount. But I'm going to use the number 125000 If we have 100, and, and this, is, I'm, this is very realistic. So if we have 125000 income over expenses, on average, the first year we wouldn't have it, but by year five, we'll have more than that. So let's take an average of 125. Then the other thing that we do after we get into the building, so starting when the mortgage kicks in, we ask every family in the church to give $10 a week. $10 isn't that difficult. It really isn't $40 a month. It is not that difficult. Now, if doing that, we have another 100,000 come in by doing it. And we, by the way, we've done this every time. This works. We know it works, but everything depends on the, the faith and the heart of people, right? But we know it works. So if we had 100000 a year coming in that way, that would give us 225000 which means we would have the, the million-dollar mortgage paid off in less than five years. If we end up with an $800,000 mortgage, it'll be paid off in less than four years, Okay? Now, that's important because that $10 million equity puts us in a really, really good position. Okay? There's not too many churches around that I know of that have $10 million in equity and know they don't owe anybody anything. Okay? Again, live your, run your church God's way, live your life God's way, and it works. Okay? So here's what the future can look like. And we're just about done. We can get that paid off. So imagine four to five years after we moved into uh, the Gage Park campus, it's all paid off. This is all paid off. Everything's paid off. We got 18 acres of land, okay? Now, it'll allow us to grow to 1,800 plus, right? Because two services here and two there, we can get to 17 to 1,800. Well, maybe we'll get to 2,000, 2,400, three services. You know what I mean? But so, so we've got room to grow. Now, this is just the, the reality. When people get saved and people get their heart right with God, people give. We all do. You know, the, the Bible, you know, I think Jesus talked more about giving than any other topic in the Gospels because he knows that the grip that money has on us. And, and when we get free from it, well, then he's free to do all kinds of things for us. And he'll bless your life when we get free from it. So we have the potential to grow to 1,800 to higher, 1,800 plus. After four to five years, we'll have no debt down there. So we'll be debt-free. Everything will be fine. Now, let's just use the number. I, I, again, I always, like, I always project the negatives worse and the positives less. I always do. Because if I can handle that, I, then if things go right, I'm laughing. Okay? I always kind of look at the worst-case scenario. Can I handle the worst-case scenario? If I can, then I'm okay. So let's imagine we had 1,200 people who then what we begin to do, um, and I'm sorry, 1,200 people in both campuses, the income over expense at that point in time with no debt the income over expense would be about five to 600000 a year. Now, we don't blow it. You got to understand. We don't, 
Now, we teach you to tithe because God wants you to tithe. Now, when more comes in than we need, we put it aside and we save it because we're believing God we're going somewhere. This isn't the end of the journey. This is just part of the journey. And when we get down there, that's not the end of the journey. That's one more step in the journey. So follow this. We could have, we could have 500,000 a year once we're at 1,200 people and the mortgage is paid off. So I'm, now, I'm thinking long-term now. Saving 500000 a year, which in, um, what, let's call it six years, you got $3 million. This building that we're sitting in right now was appraised at just over $3 million for this property. So simply the sale of this, now, see, now, now here's what I'm getting at, to build up on Pritchard. We've got 18 acres on Pritchard that we're believing one day is going to be the home base. It's going to be the home base. It's going to be, it's going to be the, the home where we have our school and we have everything de- uh, over on Pritchard. And uh, see, we can sell this. So here's $3 million here. Here's $3 million we've saved. That'll be a, probably a, an 8 to $10 million project when we get to that. But we'll have the money. You do a little bit, see, do, the, do a little bit every day, the right thing every day, do a little bit, and you have a good future. I say to people all the time, you want to have a good life and it's not going that good now, learn to do what's right tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Just start doing it. You may not see the result of it immediately, but you keep doing it, and the result of you one day will catch up to you, and then your life will be wonderful. But so many people, they try to cut corners and take the short road, and then it only leads to disaster. So I'm telling you principles. Listen, when I I preach up here and I talk up here, I'm telling you things, how I've lived my life and how we've ran the church. And I know it works. I know, I guarantee you. I can guarantee you that God honors what we're talking about. I've watched it for 30 years. God gets behind it. So now we've got the money 10 years after moving into Cumberland, 15, whatever it takes to, to fill it up, yeah, you, whatever that takes to, 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 to be ready to move. We've got the money. We'll save the money up. We sell this place. We keep the new building down on Cumberland. We, we build up on Pritchard. You know what's awesome about Pritchard? You, you watch what's happening. Go for a drive there sometime. It's all getting built up. We own right now, we own the biggest piece of land in that whole area of the city. We own the biggest piece of land. We've got 18 acres. They, you know how they just extended the, the Red Hill past Stone Church over to Rymel? When you come up off the highway where the where that plaza is there, where the, where the, where the uh, uh, Home Depot is, you go straight through now to Rymel. They're putting in thousands of houses there. If you look, when you take that road, partway down that road, you'll see there's a, a, an intersection they're going to be putting in. That intersection is going to run directly into our property. Okay. Our property is located, there's three exits off the highway that take any one of them and you're at our property in about three minutes. People can come from Grimsby and get to that location in about 15 minutes. It's an absolutely spectacular location and it's getting built all around. The value of their land is going up all the time and guess who owns the biggest piece of land on that part of the city? I've had people criticize me for that. And I thought, you've got to be a fool to criticize somebody for accumulating assets. Because now, down the road, down the road, there's your future. There's your future. Thousands of houses going in the whole area. It's all getting, go, go for a drive. It's all getting built up. All that used to be fields 10 years ago is turning into commercial and, and retail and residential. Right? And we're going to be right smack dab in the middle of it with a Living Hope home base. Okay? And that's why we're believing. That's why we're believing and, and, and doing discipleship around here and mentoring people and having different people lead prayer and different people teach classes and, 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 and our C groups and trying to train people to become leaders and, and all the things that we're trying to do because, see, we're believing God. That's just, that's just two locations. But when that happens, we don't have to do anything else like in Hamilton. We'll have enough facility in Hamilton. But, see, we're believing God along the road. We're going to stretch out. We're going to stretch our cords. We're going we're gonna to put the stakes in. We're going we're gonna to stretch out the curtains, and we're going to get into Burlington. We're going to get into St. Catharines. We're going to go down to Oakville. We're going to put a church in Kitchener. 
See, that's what we're believing God for. That's what, that's what we're planning on. But, you know, you, you, it just doesn't happen overnight. It takes faith. It takes commitment. It takes vision and the, and the know-how to do it. But that's where we're at. Now, I think the future looks great. I think the present looks great. And we've made it through the past. Okay? So we where we are now, keep on doing the things we know that win. We keep doing them. And, and we, we just, you'll keep on winning. Now, win with struggle. I got it. You know, life isn't, life's never easy. There's always struggles. But when you learn how to do it consistently and do it God's way, you overcome the struggles. And next thing you know, you've got something that you're very pleased with, a life that you're very pleased with, a, a church that you're very pleased with. Now, I want you guys to be the people, to be the people. I may be here. I may not be here. I have no idea. But I want you guys to be the people that down the road, when we're building on Pritchard, we're saying, you want to know something? I remember back in 2017. I remember what happened back then. We were moving down there and what the people did, how they stood up and they, and they, and they stretched themselves and they exercised faith and they, and they did something. And we'd never be building this had it not been for those people. That's what we got to see happen now. And, and we do that. And, and I tell you, you know, been there, done that. This works. This works. This works. Put your, put your faith in God. Put your trust in God. And I want to ask you, you need, I hope you've been praying, but we'll take a moment and, and, and pray because we're going to have the ushers come by. Uh, the event staff will come by and we're going to hand out the, the offering baskets to put in your pledge card. Now, if you're not ready now, if you haven't been talking about it, haven't been um, um, praying about it, um, and you can't put it in today, we'll, do it. we'll ask you again next week. Put it this way. We'll ask you until everybody's put something in. You, you might put nothing on it. That's okay. You can put nothing, but we're gonna, we won't stop until everybody's put in. Okay? Because we believe everybody should participate. Everybody should exercise faith. Everybody should have a vision. Everybody should have a dream. Maybe big, maybe small, but, but everybody should have one. Right? So that's what we're going to do. And um, so we're going to believe God. We're going to surpass the 300,000 that we're aiming at. And if we can surpass that, we'll get a lower mortgage down there. We'll pay that thing off fast. And then we're off and running. For the future, we'll look absolutely outstanding. You with me there? Yes. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Come on. He's good. Come on. God is good. <laughs>